All right, welcome to it. Good to have you along. I think a lot of parents, I heard uh, Mike Stafford from The Morning Show talk about this, so they, you know, they're scrambling now. After finding out that after the April break, which was postponed from the March break, uh, their kids will not be returning to school. They will be doing virtual learning indefinitely. Yesterday, Doug Ford made the announcement. Today, we're taking further action. We're moving school online only after the April break. We'll keep a constant eye on the data, on case numbers, hospital capacity, and ICU admissions to determine when we can get kids back in the classrooms. Stephen Lecce said, we had to take action right now. We recognize the threat posed by rising numbers of COVID-19 cases, increasing hospitalization, and the pressure our healthcare system is experiencing as a result. This worrying trend will leave us in an impossible situation if we do not act immediately. And that is why in consultation with the Chief Medical Officer of Health, we have made the decision to move elementary and secondary students across the province to remote learning following the April break. He's got to hate that he put out that. Did he tweet it out on Sunday? Something like that, that we will be going back after the April break to school. Oh, man. I Listen, I have to. I know that um, Del Duca, Stephen Del Duca was on the head of the uh, Liberal Party here in the province, was on with Mike Stafford this morning, and he's calling for Stephen Lecce to step down. I don't know if Stephen Lecce should step down. I actually haven't made my uh, my decision on that. But I'll tell you one thing. A guy is calm in the eye of the storm. That's pretty impressive because if I sent out a tweet and then my boss said to me the very next day, no, actually, that is not credible information anymore. We're doing this. And I had to suck it up the next day. Oh, I'd suck it up. But I don't know if I'd, I'd do it as calmly as he did. Man, just without missing a beat. Um, by the way, childcare for non-school-age kids will remain open. However, before and after school programs will be closed. And Lecce said free emergency child care for the school-age children of eligible uh, health care and frontline workers will also be provided. One of the things that we have to do is understand that parents are up against it again. Not all parents like the idea of remote learning, but they're stuck there. Um, we'd like to uh, invite Steve Brown onto the show. He's the CEO of Nelson. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? I'm great. Can you just tell us what Nelson does? Yeah, Nelson has been part of the educational fabric in Canada for about 107 years. I think we're just approaching our 108th year anniversary, where we started off over a century ago producing uh, learning materials, what was then textbooks. And we've been doing that uh, from coast to coast to coast in Canada, as well as around the world, and have been part of that educational fabric, as I say. So education is what we do. Uh, we've been a part of it the last four or five years. We've been going through disruption from the physical world to the digital world. But really, to me, it's all about student engagement to ensure that education is relevant to the student of today. And how do you feel about the announcement provincially that schools will stay uh, in a remote situation, a remote learning situation indefinitely? Uh, it's something I actually applaud. And I would think there are thousands of teachers across the province today who can drop their shoulders a little bit rather than getting an announcement on Friday or Saturday, or actually the, the stress of believing they were going back into a school environment that the statistics are showing us are not necessarily safe right now. So I applaud the decision. And uh, I think that it's something that whilst it may cause angst in other areas, that angst compared to the alternative 
is one that is going to be well received. I know a lot of teachers had been publicly expressing angst, whether it be on social media or just, you know, within the media about working remotely and the challenges that they're facing. This is kind of in your purview, right? Like this is what you do. You supply curriculum aligned materials. Some of them in, are in the digital space as well. Um, what anxieties are they dealing with and what are you doing to mi mitigate those anxieties? Oh, that's a great question, Kelly. It's uh you know, it, we thrust upon teachers around 13 months ago a world which they didn't expect to be delivered, and that was to take learning home. Um, but the fact is, and, and something that we've been working on for a number of years, is trying to make education agnostic to location. Uh, certainly, we didn't have the foresight to believe there was going to be a global pandemic, but for students today, whether you're in the kitchen or the classroom, you should be able to have the same methodology. Um, so that's a bit of a move in terms of the pedagogy that's been, you know, the Socratic methodology that's been in classrooms for hundreds and hundreds of years. But what this has done is moved that paradigm and probably moved it from a physical to digital format and a learning format um, by at least five to 10 years, in my opinion. But what we've got to do now is take these lessons learned and not move back, because undoubtedly these sorts of things will happen again. But there are tools available. There are tools for to allow teachers to teach remotely and to engage students. And it's only through student engagement that kids enjoy the learning and therefore don't get those gaps that you hear about all the time. So it's, it's not gonna be easy, but there is the methodologies today and there is the infrastructure in place to be able to engage students and to be able to help teachers. And it would be remiss of me if I didn't applaud the teachers for the outstanding work they've done in the last year. I think teachers, uh, parents appreciate teachers, that's for sure. But a lot of parents right now are just thinking, oh, my gosh, yeah, but I have to be the supports at home and I'm working from home. I was yeah. quite shocked when we switched over to the virtual learning that it wasn't going as 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 simply, you know, at least for the kids as as you would have thought, because these are kids that are super tech savvy. So for parents, what are the uh, what are you recommending as we move into yet again another situation where they will have to assist their kids with virtual learning or their kids will be around them learning virtually. What's your recommendation as far as moving ahead and making this as seamless as possible? Well, Kelly, that's a great question. I think one of the one of the constituents who now has a seat at the top table of learning is parents because their, their understanding of it is far more than it was. You know, they used to kiss the kids in the morning and off they went to school and they'd ask them what they had to do that day when they got home over the dinner table, and now they're seeing it. First, the first recommendation I would say to parents is like, take a breath, drop your shoulders. Don't worry about, you know, the speed of learning. Your kids are learning and will learn. If they're engaged, they'll continue to learn. But there's so much, you know, controversy. There's so many, there's so many different voices about my kid's not engaged. I'm worried about their gap. They'll catch up on the gap. You know, they, they have the ability to read and learn, but if we give them a safe sandbox to play in of materials, um, and that's what, that's what we did. You know, students learn on an individual basis and giving them the ability to learn and explore and collaborate is still learning. If in that learning, they can do that with materials that we know are curriculum aligned, that we know are, you know, safe in terms of the information and that curriculum alignment isn't misinformation then let your kids explore. 
let your kids go and delve into learning and let them tumble around in it and let them collaborate because that's all still learning. It's really about giving them a, a, a bank of learning materials, whether they want to listen to it or watch it on video or read it. It's still engagement in learning materials. So it's really about giving them the engagement tools that we know is aligned to curriculum. And then parents should let the kids do it. And whether they want to do it at nine o'clock at night or seven o'clock mm. in the morning, we're living in a different time. Just allow them to engage. Steve, you brought up a really interesting uh, you know, scenario I didn't consider with virtual learning. We're basically putting our parents in the classroom where they never got that opportunity before. They get to actually see their kid when their kid's frustrated, uh, what's stumping them. In real time, they get to see uh, where their kids are not actually doing so well, where their challenges are. I mean, that that could be good and that could be bad because I think report cards are one thing, but they really don't give a, an insight to parents into the world of how their kids learn. So in some ways, you're at an advantage because you're, you're going to see uh, how your kids learn, where the roadblocks are, and maybe you can help them uh, in a more focused way. Because that's, you know, parents always helped with, with their kids with homework. When they got home, it's like, hey, let's see your homework. If there was a challenge, a parent would rise to the occasion, hopefully, right, and give their kids some help. But they'll also see where their kids excel and what sparks them. And then maybe they can jump off from there in ways that we never really um, were given the opportunity to get that insight into besides your, cause your kids are distracted. So what'd you learn at school today? Well, some kids are really chatty. Some kids aren't, but if you're watching them real time and you say, wow, my kids sparked there, you can actually, you know, take advantage of that. Absolutely. You know, and the, you know, the first sentence that should come out and that stress that you talk about when you see your kids really going through that anxiety of, I can't understand this. I don't have the ability, that umbilical link that, you know, is, takes place between the, the student and the teacher is more than just learning. It's support. And parents can fill that by, you know, the first words out of the mouth can be, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Take a break, come back to it when you're ready. But if we look at education and we look at the disruption that has been delivered in education over this last 13 months, um, there's a direct correlation between education and the GDP of the nation. And we have to make sure that we don't worry about these learning gaps so much as keeping the kids engaged in learning in any format that they choose. Otherwise, there will be an effector in the GDP. But, you know, these kids are learning a skill set, albeit one they never wanted to learn, which is readying them for the workplace of the future. So, you know, there is learning in many ways. You don't want it, but it doesn't mean you're not learning. But be there to support your kids. Let them know it's okay. Ask them if they want to share, whether they want to be quiet, if they need a quiet moment. Mm -hmm. But ensure that they have learning materials to engage in as and when they want to engage. Steve, you've given some, some great advice. I know there's some parents listening that go, are you kidding me? I have to do my own work during this. I don't have time to to do everything you're suggesting. But hey, uh, you may have been great help for somebody that does have the time. So I, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much, Kelly.